Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome back, everyone, to the second part of our talk on Saturn. Um, I'm here again with Amanda, and today's going to be coined Saturn the red pill episode, which is uh, a great way that you have put this. Um, so kudos to you for that name. Um, because in our previous episode, we gave an overview of Saturn in astrology uh, and its archetypal traits and how it's to be looked at in the natal birth chart, along with its cycles and even the ability to understand potentials for manifestation from mind to matter. Uh, but now we are going to take a look at Saturn from an even more metaphysical, esoteric type perspective, and even how it plays a role in society, religions, secret societies, and our overall reality. Um, so if you haven't already, be sure to check out the previous Saturn video for a better understanding of Saturn and its context. And be sure to hit that like button and help the alg algorithm get this video and channel out to others as well. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, so we'll try to do so in an efficient but timely manner. Um, but Amanda, I have my reasons, uh, uh, but I want to know from you why you feel now it's so uh, important to truly embody the red pill of Saturn with how we're about to go into it. Yes, and this is such a great question to start with, with this discussion, because we're about to go down the rabbit hole. And, you know, I invite every listener here to use your discernment and to use your critical thinking, because what we're about to discuss today is a really outside the box perspective on what is currently happening within our society. And when some of you hear this, you may have listened to the first episode, Hill, we talk about Saturn and how it's very much a necessary aspect of our society. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend that you do, because it will provide a base framework to understand where we are going with this, because ultimately Saturn is a bit of a double-edged sword, and you'll see why I say that as we continue to progress. But it's ironic because Saturn is so necessary in our physical world in order for us to have structure and accountability. But at the same time, it's because of Saturn that we are so condensed and we are so indoctrinated and stuck within certain cycles. And we'll start with talking about that from a three-dimensional aspect with our society and how it works. And then we'll eventually start to lift the veil a little bit on the multidimensionality of this topic. And so... I feel like the best way to get started is to quickly recap the, the 3D physical regular Earth plane aspects of Saturn, because in order to really understand the alternative upside down viewpoint, it's really important to understand the keys here. So as discussed, Saturn is obviously 
It's a planet. It's a planet that we have been studying for thousands of years. And ultimately, this is located more so in the middle towards the outer part of our galaxy, specifically our solar system. And ultimately, uh, Saturn has a 29-year cycle around the sun. And it has these rings around it. And within these rings are asteroids and comets and moons and all of these different things that are trapped in the orbit of Saturn. And this is a planet that has influenced so many different things in our culture, as we talked about, literal physical structure, architecture, buildings, governments, you know, education systems, rules, laws, all that kind of jazz. Saturn traditionally also rules time, agriculture. We'll talk a little bit about the story of Kronos shortly, um, but Saturn is also connected to our DNA, our physical structure, our body, our routines, as well as um, the aspects of our root chakra, which is the very base chakra that literally helps us be rooted and connected in our physical reality. And so just even naming off these things, we can see how Saturn is very essential in our physical world for us to function, correct? Yeah. Well, we're going to kind of start to flip it upside down and reverse it a bit by starting with time. Um, and I feel like we can talk a lot about time, especially with respect to astrology, because even though astrology is the language of the cosmos, it's also got an undertone of how we tell time because it is essentially a different system of how we tell time through, you know, history and even events that are yet to come. <laughs> but when we go look into the story of Kronos, um, just to get into a bit of mythology for a second, um, Kronos is the Greek, the Greek uh, deity that is connected with, with Saturn, but ultimately Kronos' functions are connected in agriculture. They're connected in time. They're connected with the cycles. I believe Kronos was actually said to be the son of Uranus and Earth, which is really ironic because in the last conversation we had, we talked a lot about how <laughs> Uranus is the completely opposite energy to that of Saturn in a sense where Uranus has a lot to do with how we transform and, and break free from limiting cycles. And of course, Earth, Gaia, is this nurturing feminine planet of beauty and life and, and sustainability. But ultimately, it was because of the influence of Kronos where we created time. And, you know, there is so much happening here because as time progressed, we eventually became ruled by time. There was a point in history where we were never limited by time and time just became man-made. And fun fact about hours, minutes, seconds, the words we use to describe time are all based on astrology. I believe the word minute comes from the word mercury. I think there's a root there um, some way, somehow. But when time was created, all of a sudden, we weren't just living in the present. Our organic way of being until time was created was just to be present. We never had the past. We never had the future. And then all of a sudden, we had that. We had memories. We had anxiety. And now there is time. And through history, we've had, I'm sure like you'll go deep into this too, 
different mm-hmm. calendars that ended up being created um, and different calendars that have different timelines. There are solar calendars, there are lunar calendars. But ultimately, what's really ironic is we don't really think much about time unless we really go down the rabbit hole. You know, we were born, people are like, oh, this is the 24-hour clock. We work within the system of time. No problem. Very simple. But the reality of the situation is that there are multiple different clocks that exist in the world and calendars. Um, One really interesting thing that came to my mind and to my awareness uh, recently was the Ethiopian calendar, for example, and how there are people that still function living within the timelines of the Ethiopian calendar, even though it's seven years behind. So it all really depends on how you perceive time. But we're gonna we're gonna really challenge what you perceive time to be in this in this episode as we continue to go through. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think, cause I think it's important to understand, like, obviously we've gone over about Saturn when it comes to the astrological understanding with the archetype as well and everything. But I think when it comes to what we're about to talk about too, when it comes to Saturn, and this could apply for, you know, all things, all bodies, all planets and as, as well, is that, you know, everything has, a, has an awareness in some sort of sense or the other, maybe not necessarily in the conscious awareness, like we think about ourselves, but there is there is a consciousness to it and it has its own light. So that's how I would look at it when it comes to Saturn as well. Like this is, this is why it's such a uh, powerful entity in a way and why, you know, I'm going to stay focused on Saturn because this could go for a lot of planets as well, but um, why, you know, throughout time, throughout, you know, all these ancient civilizations, why it was represented and given this um, godlike, uh, type of identification as well. And there's a lot of occurrences that happen in the same way. And like you said, when it came to when you when you start with even the mythology of of Saturn or Kronos, and how Saturn uh, castrates his father, you know, Kronos castrates his father, which is Uranus, um, uh, with the Sith, you know, or the sickle, you know, that that and there's a connection right to agriculture already there because that's what it's used. And think about when you use the Sith, it's uh, taking away all the dead crops, you know what I mean? And making way um, and even that those dead crops or anything, grass, whatever it may be, can also be used in uh, the making of new of new crops as well. That's that's the point of it. So um, we've said it before with Saturn, how it gets this negative outlook uh, on, on all the time and just a bad name, bad rap all the time, but it's a very necessary thing. Um, it's it's a very necessary to have these limits, these structures, these boundaries, um, you know, these, these contractual, um, contractual things as well, because think about just if there was no limits, no boundaries, no anything and stuff, you know, there would be no differentiating a lot of things and literally yeah so i mean that's it's an important thing to understand that and then like i said with the whole castration of of uranus um you know the castration also can be represented as you know the pituitary gland and and how that's the overall function of uh a lot of the the hormones and what allows for overall perception of all our senses as well. Um, yeah. So there's there's a symbolic reference there when it comes to that castration of being almost like 
uh, that that time kind of cuts us off from those abilities to have more than just those physical senses, but also our more spiritual, etheric type senses as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I just, yeah, just wanted to state that there's obviously more to get into and stuff when it comes to that. But that I think that's just a, a main thing to remember too, is just that when you hear all this stuff, there may be resistance. There may be the logical part of the mind that comes in and it's like, well, but, but, but it's mythology, but you know, it's, how is this, is there any scientific fact in a lot of these things that are being said? And yes, there is, um, you know, we're not going to go fully deep into the scientific reasoning behind it. This is where you have to use some of your own discernment of understanding the power of frequency of vibration of sound, especially when we're talking about Saturn and how Saturn has to deal with the structures and the forms um, uh, of having its own sense of emanation that comes about that um, creates the boundaries, creates the structure overall as well um, of, of this manifest of physical reality. But it also has a part to play as being like this uh, prima mater, like this primordial type substance um, which a lot of people say that is also, you know, uh, dark matter or the black light, which has, a, there's a lot of ancient references um, to a lot of this um, through all different types of, of cultures and civilizations, uh, which we'll get into, but it's the unmanifested just as much as it is the manifested. Um, so yeah, I'll leave it at that. You took the words out of my mouth and you also articulated the mythology in a really important way because if there's one thing about mythology and any kind of historical or ancient text I have come to realize that there are different ways of looking at these stories you can look at them literally or you can look at them metaphorically and when you look at them metaphorically you begin to see the archetypal intuitive understanding that really surpasses what you understand physical and that's one thing that I would invite any listener to explore and it's why we share so much of it I think because it brings a bit of context into a different way of understanding the big picture um and I want to go back to what you were saying about Uranus and Saturn and how Kronos castrated <laughs> Uranus <laughs> and Uranus energetically is connected with the pineal gland, with our energetic circulation. And essentially it's connected to our 10th energy center, the 10th dimension, the 10th chakra, which represents our oversoul. It represents essentially, you know, the soul that is our essence that keeps bringing us back every single time to this earth plane. And what Saturn is doing, and remember, Saturn is our DNA, our structure, things that keep mm -hmm. us grounded. It's cutting us off from that. It's cutting us off from our organic, multidimensional essence. And I'm going to make a little uh, media reference, um, The Men in Black. <laughs> that movie is a perfect predictive programming example of how we are collectively pretty much under a spell of amnesia to the concept that we are multidimensional and that we all come from a source. 
And ultimately, if you remember the any scene where, you know, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, is that his mm-hmm. name? Tommy yep. Lee Jones. You know, they, they have all these witnesses that encounter all of these experiences that cannot be explained. And they just flash their little camera. Everyone forgets whatever happened. That's essentially what has happened to us collectively. We have all become completely unaware and blind and forgetful of who and what we really are. And that is because of Saturn. Now, for the mind that doesn't know anything else other than just this physical world, you know, the the things that keep us grounded, then doesn't matter, right? It doesn't really bother too many people to think about, you know, who they once were or where they once, uh, you know, spent some time in a previous lifetime. It doesn't matter to most people. But when you go deep and you lift the veil and understand, well, so many of us have been cut off from who we really are, you realize that a lot of people are living mm-hmm. cycle. Yep. And in many, many, many different esoteric systems um we all talk about these cycles everything is a cycle tarot the cycle of tarot tropical astrology the astrological calendar you know the cycles of the sun and the moon and all the other planets everything is split on this earth plane and that's how everything functions in a cycle of course that's how it's always worked but when you take away the cyclic aspect of our physical reality and you remove the veil and all of a sudden you just let organic matter be organic matter. This is when things begin to get really interesting. And so before we get into that and talk a little bit about time, uh, do you have anything else like that? Um, well, I think also too, like, you know, you, you were saying before too, is like, it's like how even with the whole like uh, uh, the pineal gland and the pituitary gland and the representation of that whole thing, even with the mythology, um, I, I like to think of it as, you know, since we're thinking of all things in vibration, frequency and energy in that way, it's almost like the soul is. And I think that's really what it is, too, is that the soul is along with our overall reality is an emanation of light. And it's being refracted through some type of, uh, um, what would you call that? Um, it's a P word. <laughs> uh, through a specific, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm th- like right now I have the image. Okay, so I'll put it this way. Ready? So I have the image of the uh, Pink Floyd album, right? Okay. So there's this emanation of light. We'll use it in that way of light or a frequency of some sort, right? And the human eyes can only, you know, see a small scale of that light. But ray, there's gamma ray, there's all these different types of frequencies of light, which is just vibration uh, of some sort of uh, magnetism and dielectricity and all that, which constructs our reality. Uh, uh, so I'm seeing it as through, oh, that, that, there's the word, a prism. This light, ah. this emanation of light comes through yeah. a specific prism. And we could see Saturn as being that gatekeeper of that prism. Um, you know, Saturn, Saturn is the gateway of what's real and what's in our construct of mind an illusion of, of between the, spir- the spiritual and the physical, uh, the etheric and, you know, the, the dense nature of matter and stuff. Um, so 
it, that's where I see Saturn is the, the programming. It's the program overall, like when you think of in a computer that allows the functionality of everything else. So through understanding Saturn in these types of ways, we can also see how there's the programmings within our life, the, 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 the maybe find certain reasonings behind certain things, maybe not necessarily just reasoning, but we can better understand how so many variety of things within our life, whether we're experiencing it firsthand or, you know, on, as a third, as a third party account of anything, we can start to understand the reasoning behind things coming together. Now, also when looking at Saturn, which we will go into, and I'll, I'll go into a lot of that, a lot of the occult as well. Um, you know, yes, there is a negative context behind Saturn as well and how it's been used. My personal belief in why that is when it comes to where we see, you know, people are like, oh, well, Saturn is Satan and it's, you know, the worshiping of Baphomet and all these things. Yes, but there's also a misrepresentation of that. I think it comes down to where it's that left-hand path decision of being like, um, there is a power in the I'll call it the dark arts. We were just saying it's like a dark emanation, a dark matter when it comes to Saturn, the black sun, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'll go into that as well more later on, but it's the left-hand path of our physical root carnal desires of sitting there and understanding the power behind this, this overall energy and power of the unmanifested into the manifested and wanting to understand those, the, the logos, the laws of those things, and being able to, uh, you know, finally understand how to tap into those things. And then once you get it, and you see the manifestation work, this is where the ego comes in, where the uh, carnal mind comes in, where it's like, oh, man, I can have all these things, I can create all these things. And there's a tendency to a path of a more darker desire, what we will coin as a darker desire as well, um, where it's more so of you are becoming uh, uh, entranced by the material as well. This has a lot of parallel with when thinking about Lucifer too. You know, Lucifer was a being of God in 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 the in the in the teachings of Lucifer and the light bearer uh, that falls from heaven and comes into the, into the physical and falls in love with himself, falls in love with his own image. It's also the story of, of narcissists and that whole thing of being more so encompassed with the physical realm and the physical body and stuff, but forgetting the origins, forgetting the, the overall nature, which when in this, in this world, there comes other types of structures and other types of uh, cause and effect that happens that when we fall into that too deeply, um, even our own obsession with the physical ourselves, the material, whatever it may be, there is a cause and effect to that as well. And therefore we get caught into this cycle as well of where we're just seeing this, this, the thoughts and the beliefs and um, the actions of what they're, the outcomes they're creating and it's almost like when you tell one little white lie that leads to needing to needing to lie again, and you all of a sudden you're caught into this web of lies. That is Saturn as well. And this is the more uh, lower octaves of Saturn 
in that sense. And this is why it has that negative construct as well. Not only that, there also is, um, when you look at Saturn from the Kabbalistic standpoint as well, um, it is it is represented by uh, the the seventh Sephiroth, which would be Netzach, and that is on when it comes to the the Trinity of this of of the Sephiroths, uh, where you have the Unity Consciousness one, and then you have on on the right, um, it's. I forget about that, but that's the positive, like almost look at it as a positive charge. And then the net sack, which would be Saturn, is the negative charge. But it's also, it's represented as the uh, the understanding. Right. It's that. Once again, that's why we say it's the matrix. It's time. It's space. It's the womb. It's the receptive part of the spiritual that comes into contact with the overall masculine of and when I say masculine, I mean divine masculine of when in combination with that's the initiation, the spark to the womb is creation that, but with the negative aspect, there can be almost like a sinking into, there can be an over understanding of things as well. And once again, that's where it could lead to the left-hand path. So I think that's something to differentiate in understanding the negative, positive, like you got to watch the context of words. Words are everything. Mm-hmm. Words are spells. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's it's interesting that you put things into that perspective here because I'm thinking about what you're saying in an energetic way. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the body and I'm thinking about the subtle energetic body as well and how that also connects to the physical reality we're living in and mm-hmm. everything that you're saying. Because ultimately, just like you said, Without Saturn and this physical matrix we're living in, you know, it's here's another example actually that I'm going to bring back to from the previous episode when I talked about people who wake up and they start practicing, you know, different energy healing modalities or they start waking up and opening up their higher chakras and they start learning more about, you know, new beliefs and new values, but they they go so far up that they don't integrate these new ideas to their physical reality so there's this perception in new age especially where you know when you begin to wake up you ascend to a fifth dimensional reality where you know your consciousness is raised and you're more aware of the world and you live according to the earth cycles and rather than let the cycles consume you you understand and live according to them that seems to be more so the 5D, 3D path that is very well known in, in New Age. However, there is a distortion within that because, again, what happens is a lot of people will begin to wake up, learn, 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 learn but never actually integrate these, this new information into the reality. And what happens? You get lost in the middle. And that's when, um, and I experienced this myself, even though I was living a physical reality, which for human beings, we can't escape that. I was living completely out of alignment with what I needed in a primal sense. So I'm a physical human being living a human experience, trying to wake up and understand my soul in a bigger picture without really understanding what's happening in the physical realm in the first place. And so the thing is, a lot of people don't even know that we are stuck in this in this cycle in this loop and so 
an example that you kind of mentioned here is people will have these experiences and you know they might contemplate why they're happening and you know how this came to be and why you know these challenges are bringing all of these problems in their lives and because a lot of people lack that awareness or the love or the understanding to want to move past just ego they go right back into the same cycle and it continues to cycle over and that cycle becomes like a snowball and it just keeps mm -hmm. getting bigger yeah. and bigger and so this is the the rat race that so many of us are caught in and this is where having a healthy understanding of saturn can really help and before i started to learn about saturn in a more multi-dimensional perspective i really wanted to make sure i understood saturn here in the physical plane because it helps it helps it doesn't matter what you think or do it just helps having that structure as a human being but if you are ready to integrate that knowledge and understand that yeah we are literally extremely multi-dimensional and we've been only functioning at like 10 percent of our true abilities it's it's incredible what realizations come to be so i want to chat a little bit about energy and chakras for a second um, and just to be clear, if you're newer with chakras, um, I highly suggest maybe doing a little bit of research before going into what I'm about to say. But the word chakra means wheel of light in Sanskrit. Um, and the reality of the situation is that chakras are dimensions. <laughs> they are different dimensions of existence. And so many people are familiar with the seven primary chakras, root, sacral, solar plexus heart, throat, third eye, crown. Starts at the base of your spine, ends at the top of your head. Your spinal cord, basically. Your vagus nerve. So your seven primary energy centers are just your physical energy centers. And so this is why so many people that don't understand that we are much more multidimensional than that get caught in this 3D, 5D time matrix of limbo. And the really big problem I see with this 3D, 5D is a lot of people will begin to, you know, do the inner work and understand their cycles and their patterns and, you know, begin doing ancestral healing, but then they never fully embody, integrate these, this healing and this love and this understanding and they stay stuck and they never fully embody what potential they truly have. And it's because of this distortion and this spell we've been collectively living within. And we'll talk about that, especially when we get to uh, the Anunnaki and whatnot. But we have 12 different dimensions. We have 12 different energy centers that we work within in our physical body, but most people only ever really access three. And so the first three chakras, the first three dimensions, uh, it's represented by this little red line here. And red, I chose that, that color because red is what represents root energy center. Red is the color that represents the most dense frequency and vibration in our universe. And that is the frequency that comes directly from Saturn. Yeah, red Saturn. and black represent red Saturn. And black. Mm -hmm. Red and black represents Saturn. And so I'm going to get my marker again. But what I have written here is. One, one is the root, so the base of our spine, two and three. And right where the diaphragm is, right where our digestion 
this is this is the cutoff and most people have not worked past their solar plexus chakra and what that solar plexus chakra represents is ego and it represents ego it represents self-expression the ability to go after what you want in life and most people are stuck in the luciferian indoctrination where it's all about me 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 i i i self 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 stuff mm -hmm. things material possessions and they never fully go into the heart space which is the heart chakra where love forgiveness acceptance understanding and embodiment begin to take place and so for example when you lose a person someone passes away you go through a breakup you experience grief sadness pain and a lot of people are afraid to embrace those emotions and those feelings. Why? Because they're scary. Because they, they're uncomfortable. Let's stay comfortable. Let's stay in the ego. So most people are stuck in the basic incarnation loop of our physical experiences. Um, and this is where a lot of our ancestral generational patterns come from. They're very much locked within this 1 to 3D um, dimension that we live within and so even when you look at um and maybe we can put a visual here i didn't even think of this but when you look at the different dimensions one dimensional energy looks very basic two-dimensional energy looks very basic three-dimensional energy looks basic but the second you start surpassing four five six you begin to see these very unique looking prisms of multi-dimensionality begin to develop and that's what starts to happen when we start to break past the one to 3D layer of just our basic incarnation cycle. When you start to open up your heart right here, your breath, your cardiovascular system, your ability to love, forgive, accept, then you open up your expression. You open up your ability to see and understand and perceive. That's your fifth and sixth chakras. And I have a little line here, right where the third eye is. Because the seventh chakra, the crown chakra, is the beginning of an entirely different existence. And this is where some people sometimes pierce through, but then they get too scared and they go right back down to where they started and stay. And that's fine. Most people do. But from four to six, this is where awakening and understanding really begins to happen. People really begin to do this when they, you know, do the inner child healing. They go through the shadow work. You know, they forgive and accept themselves for any of the guilt or shame or lower vibrational emotions that they may have experienced. And many of the low vibrational emotions that we experience are very much the emotions many of us are stuck within because of Saturn. Saturn wants that density, wants to keep us in our density. And so when we surpass that and we start to pierce through that, thank you, beautiful. Um, this actually is perfect because it's going to ex extend to what I'm about to say. When we get to the seventh layer here, the seventh layer of our crown chakra, which represents our identity, the truth. This is also the beginning and the end of our physical form. Once we get past number seven, we're entering into our multidimensional state. So when you're tapping into your heart space and your expression and your ability to perceive, you're tapping into your soul. It's not just about your monkey brain incarnation anymore, where you may not be fully aware 
of who you are or what you're doing here. But when you step into this second layer of awareness, you're stepping into your soul, how you really feel, what you really want, what your potential really is. But it's when we pierce through the seventh layer and start to hit the multidimensional dimensions, eight, nine, this is where we hit Akash. This is where we hit more of our higher self. This is when we also tap into something called the oversoul. And most people don't even realize that there's an oversoul. But what that essentially is, is the source of where you came from. And in order to understand the oversoul, you need to know that there are multiple different timelines happening at once. And you yourself are living in different timelines. And that's very hard to understand when you're so used to living a singular physical incarnation. Most people think that they are only one soul and, you know, they're born, they die, and that's it, and they go into different lifetimes. No, you're living multiple different lifetimes right now at the same time. And that is the oversoul. Let that one sink in for a little bit. I'm not going to get too much into the crystalline avatar because that's a whole other different conversation. But I do want to say something about the seven dimension, the seventh mm -hmm. dimension of our crown chakra. When it comes to astrology, Saturn also happens to be the seventh planet away from the sun. And it's also the last planet that most astronomers, astrologers studied up until Uranus was discovered a couple hundred years ago. When we talk about the path of soul incarnation, a lot of, well, even in my own experience, a lot of souls get trapped in the rings of Saturn. And it's because of the rings of Saturn that we actually have our physical density. And this, in order to understand this density and this layer between our physical and non-physical self, we must talk about the Anunnaki. So I'm going to hand it over to you because I know you have tons of, tons of insight on the story of the Anunnaki. It's extremely important for this next part. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a great representation because once again, when it comes into that whole thing of thinking of this absolute divine light, when it comes to this emanation point for all souls and, you know, even its layers through uh, the dimensions into all the different types of forms of creation, basically. Um, I, I think that's a great way to understand it, even through our own bodies, the representation of the energy centers with the chakras. Um, and actually something I want to correct that I said before when I was talking about the, you know, the Kabbalah, Kabbalistic tree of life. Um, and I said that uh, Saturn was the NETSAC. I got a little ahead of myself. I meant to say that actually um, that, Saturn is the Bina, is the Bina. That's what I meant to say. The Bina, that's that's what it is of of when I was saying the negative charge as well, and it's understanding and receptivity. The reason why I said uh, Netzach was because when we look at Saturn, Saturn is the um, what we consider to be the seventh planet, right? So that's the cycle rulership of the seven is the number of completion. Uh, it's in the Bible as well, made in seven days, yet the seven days equals a week. Um, and Saturn is exalted in the seventh sign of Libra. So Libra is ruled by Venus, which Venus is represented by the seven Sephirah of Netzach. Um, And when you think of Venus and Libra, you think of relationship, balance, judgment as well, in a sense, marriage. It's the bonding till death do us part, Saturn. Yeah um the whole the, the whole ring exchange 
uh, your duties, obligations, boundaries, limits, you know, that's how it plays into it because also Venus is that whole, the materials, the desires. So you can see that connection energetically with that. Uh, so I just wanted to clear that up too. You know, the union of the feminine, the mass goes back to the, as well of the overall divine, um, the divine union of the, basically what is part of the Holy Trinity basically. Um, and that's, that's in all different types of religions, cultures, whatever it may be. Um, and, and once again, it's the understanding that thresholds of the physical and the spiritual nature, you think of it, even our toroidal field that we have, and what's the point of what, what's, what's the, the motion of that energy. Anyway, it, it's constantly flowing in and out. It's a pulsating of this magnetism as well. So if that's a natural cycle of toroidal fields, I think then that's the whole point of even our own conscious awareness of our own energy in this in the energy points of our body and the chakras is just to go to show you that you don't stay in one energy point. Uh, you don't just go completely outward and don't come back in. You know, you're recycling this energy and all the information that's coming through back through all the energy centers. And if you're not aligned or you're blocked up in certain ways, that there's things that are going to be missed as well. Um, but yeah, definitely just wanted to clear that up. But yeah, when it comes to now, it's like, oh, well, how does Saturn and the Anunnaki kind of that whole thing and this whole, um, you know, the whole story and the Enuma Elish and how does that play into with Saturn? Well, um, in actually our earlier episodes on this on this channel, um, we went into the whole representation of even what possibly could be the planets um, that are are being represented in the story of the uh, the Sumerian tales of of uh, of uh, the Anunnaki and human creation. Um, and Saturn definitely was in one of those, especially with. When it comes to the mythology, it had the same, the, the Greek mythologies of Saturn, Kronos, all that had such parallels, which makes you wonder, is that where it came from, was from the Sumerian text? Because that is actually the oldest known civilization that we have in our modern academics that is said. So... I think what that shows us as well is even with the tales of basically Enki and Enlil, these, the master geneticist and the control structure over the world, um, you know, it, it plays a significant part of once again, understanding this creation of time and dimensional beings being transformed into a physical state and having to adhere to the L or the Elohim, which the L is also represented by Saturn. You know, you think about even the archangels, you have Gabriel, uh, you know, all of them. I actually have a little uh, picture for that too. So, oh, where is it? Um, but yeah, so it's like that, this this is where we can see the whole parallels of the story. And this is where some people fall down those rabbit holes. And I've done it myself as well, too, is that right away we want to look at it like, oh, we're being lied to about, uh, we're being deceived about the creation story and through all these religions. And uh, there's, a, there's a secret magic power and stuff that's being hidden from us. 
which this very may well be the case in many ways, but where attention goes, energy flows. And it's constantly been talked about on this podcast is that you're also feeding that pendulum. You're feeding this, uh, this train of thought, this consciousness, you're allowing that to be the, um, the, 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 the condensed focus on those, you know, lower energy centers of yourself as well, where anger is stored, fear, hate, all those things. And you're giving power to those and not allowing the actual information to, to rise up um, and to break through, to process through the heart chakra as well, to understand the true transformative power that's, that's capable there. So that's where I say that you have to watch with um, when it comes to that, to that, to that whole thing, when it comes to, uh, um, you know, going down the rabbit holes of the conspiracy, so to say, and everything. I think Absolutely. there's definitely something, yeah, there's definitely something to be, uh, to be understood with those. And I think more so is to speculate the parallels of these things. Um, so yeah, this was that image that I was saying about before, you know, Saturn being the L, the Elohim, it's the Demiurge and the Archons. And once again, this is why we also get, um, you know, this, this more negative on, uh, on Saturn and its representations as well. Uh, and it goes back to the whole Isis, Isis, Ra, and L. But yeah, so I mean, I think that's, uh, it's been a while since I've actually gone into the whole Anunnaki thing, but there is, there is a lot, a lot of that that comes in connection when it comes to Saturn. Yes, big time. And the, yeah, there are so many different things that we could dive into with that. And it's, especially with like the satanic forces, the church, mm -hmm. the different influences underneath the surface that most people don't even realize are there. Um, but there was an aspect of the Anunnaki that I wanted to mention with respect to our 3D density and gravity. And this is a theory. It's a theory, it's a story, and it's a myth, but it's also a theory as to what could be the reason why we are locked into this gravitational pull on our Earth. Because let's face it, the second we leave our atmosphere, gravity doesn't exist, right? We have all these different layers of our atmosphere that keep us dense, that keep us here, that keep us only tapping into the four main senses, sorry, the five main senses. And most people don't realize that there is even a sixth sense until they can't go back. But ultimately, from what I understand, and I'm sure the series that you have already shared on this podcast will go deeper into this, but it was because of the Anunnaki, that black magic was introduced into our existence here on this earth. And what the black magic did, especially after <laughs> enduring the Atlantean cataclysm, black magic grids essentially cast over this earth. And they came from the rings of Saturn. And within the rings of Saturn, apparently, there is almost like a headquarters. And this is getting like off this earth. You know the story of the Anunnaki. You know that these beings are not from here. They come from a completely different star system. They came and brought technology here onto this earth to support us. But they also were the ones that created the grid to keep us here. To essentially lock us in within this firmament that's often referred to in 
you know, the Bible, referred to in many different texts. You know, a lot of people believe in flat, don't necessarily think about the fact that maybe we just have a big, giant black grid keeping us locked in and completely blind to our multidimensional beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the cycle of incarnation, um, and this is also connected to the Catholic Church. Um, when people pass on, it is said that what happens is their soul will return to the oversoul. And depending on whether they learned their lessons or the limitations of Saturn, which could be generational cycles, could be, you know, certain challenges or obstacles, whatever, whatever your life experience was. Essentially, when you pass on and you die in this physical world, your soul returns back to source. And when it goes back to source, there is a path that it takes through the cosmos. I don't have it here in front of me right now. I wish I did. But Saturn is the planet that the soul, depending on whether it's surpassed the lessons and the limitations of Saturn in this lifetime or not, the cycle, the soul will either get trapped in Saturn and then return right back to Earth, or it'll surpass the limitations of Saturn. And those, they say that those that surpass the limitations of Saturn enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where most people are stuck in eluded. Mm-hmm. That's the or, the oral bars. The or, exactly. And by the way, I want to reference the fact that the one loop that I have here is going anti-clockwise. And in tropical astrology, all tropical astrologers will say that the flow of the universe is clockwise. And isn't that in itself really confusing because as someone that has a background in the energy work, I know that when I move my hands anti-clockwise, I'm banishing something. It's not something that's necessarily to put energy in alignment. It's to remove energy. It's entropic almost. And so why are we living in this karmic alignment where we are out of alignment with our truth? When we actually learn to understand and understand the limitations that we've all been living within, this is where we reverse everything and start to go within and understand and really embody who we really are. We break the cycle, we find our purpose. Mm -hmm. And in a physical reality, that's something that a lot of people keep trying to figure out. They keep wondering, how can I become more awakened? Or how can I become happier? How how can I transcend these, these traumas, these patterns? And most people don't even realize that there's a strong chance that, you know, it doesn't matter how many things you do. Um, I mean, I, I, I have to rephrase this. I want to be really careful with how I say this. Um, there are some people that go to like therapy for life, for example, or, you know, they go to doctor after doctor after doctor, or like, you know, maybe they go to psychic after psychic to try to figure out their problem or figure out their health issue or whatever it might be. And of course, some things are completely out of your control. Of course, you can't necessarily go against free will or fate. But at the same time, there are some people that never choose or want to consciously break the cycle. And it's because of the root of fear. The root chakra, the demon of the root chakra is fear. Most people are afraid to experience vulnerability because most people are afraid of vulnerability. For people 
a lot of people, including myself for the longest time, I thought vulnerability was something that was out to get me. I would not take risks. I would not apologize. I would stay stuck in my own anger and fear. And that's what kept me stuck in my own cycles. And it's taken radical <laughs> vulnerability. Vulnerability that I each time I experience it, I can't believe it's that intense. Um, but every single time I allow my vulnerability to keep me um, going and flowing and learning, I feel myself breaking an aspect of the cycle that I was stuck in. And for me, in this physical realm, a lot of my cycles surrounded sex, unfortunately. It surrounded sex. It surrounded unhealthy intimacy. You know, I just sorted dark, you know, feminine personality where I was more reliant on, you know, compliments and narcissism and, you know, looking nice and, you know, showing up online than I actually was about doing the own inner healing. And until I actually had to hold myself radically accountable, also forgive and accept myself, apologize to others who may have come in my harm through time, what started to happen was the cycle started to break. And that's the physical aspect of Saturn. But when I realized that vulnerability and allowing myself to infuse love into my life, you know, loving, loving and accepting the facts and the parts of my life that are really scary, that's when I found that I began to reverse a lot of the programming that I once lived within. And we're going to bring this back to 3D for a second and talk a lot about our own parents. You know, most of our parents don't even realize that they have trauma and, you know, uh, memories that are stored in their DNA from past generations. And who knows, maybe our ancestors were connected to some of what happened collectively in some kind of way. But ultimately, when you step into the frequency of love and you slowly but surely begin to dissolve fear, you notice that it becomes easier to break the cycle. And essentially, when we allow ourselves to just be, I, I, I lost my train of thought a while ago. Um, I just started kind of rambling. I'm so no, no, I know no, you can good. edit this and chop it up, but like I started, I had a train of thought. And um, it was about how, like, so many of us don't even realize that we're stuck in mm -hmm. our emotional cycles. And when you start to see past it and start to see the first sign of Saturn and breaking the cycle is within your generations, mm -hmm. that's when it becomes easier to see the collective aspect of how Saturn is yeah. very much trapped. So it's almost like a word of advice to, like, Yes, this is really important information to know just how locked in we really are and cut off we really are to our true essence. But until, before you get there, start with working on your own self. Start yeah, with working yeah. on your own, your own generations, your own patterns, your own cycles. Because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if you start trying to realize all of the distortions within our physical reality, and how multidimensional we really are before you work on your own miasma and your own DNA and your own patterns, then it's not really going to make much sense. It's going to all be very fragmented, which, as I explained in my first little diagram with the 12 different layers, we already very much are. Again, once upon a time, we weren't limited to our physical bodies. We were able to teleport, meditate, levitate, time travel, all that kind of stuff. Now, 
Yeah, confined to the meat suit. Confined <laughs> to the meat suit, you know? And yeah, we're living in this meat suit. We're human beings. We were incarnated for a reason. Okay, people, stop trying to leave the meat suit or ascend past the meat suit without understanding why we're here in the first place. Yeah. I said this the last time. What I really meant by saying you can't escape the matrix without understanding the matrix is exactly this. <laughs> exactly. What you were saying before, even what you showed on the whiteboard, uh, what we said was even the Ouroboros is understanding the cycle. And I think there's also through religion as well, this has happened a lot, is we've also have been um, trapped in a state of, of fear and anxiety yes. of the whole cycle of this whole karmic thing when it comes to, oh, are we going to ascend to heaven? Like, or are we going to be cast down to hell as well? And I think that's plays a, a crucial point in um, even being able to escape this matrix in some sort of way. But once again, like you said, take the small steps first of understanding the cyclic nature and, and, and the confinements and the boundaries and the limitations and the, and the struggles even within your own life and how to um, how to ascend past those before you want to sit there and go beyond this nature, because I think that's also part of this um, cycle of keeping us within, because if our souls are also energy and, you know, we our observation is what creates a reality, creates the reality then whatever this, if you want to look at it in this way, whatever this demiurge is that encompasses our physical reality, which we can say uh, in, in a representation would be Saturn that controls time and space as well, whatever this demiurge is, in order for this realm, this reality to survive, we need souls to keep coming back to this plane of existence. So there can be this whole construct, this programming here on in this realm, in the physical realm, that is why we see a lot of the deceptive tactics, why we see a lot of these so-called satanic um, ways of doing things uh, it is because of it's almost like the system trying to keep itself alive through us. And that could go back to even the whole Anunnaki as well with with even the story, which I know that there's a lot of what Zachariah stitch in a lot of it was, you know, a lot of things were said to be misinterpreted, but overall the story of basically having a slave race and, um, and basically doing the bidding for the gods to sustain life uh, and, and, and have the natural resources through whatever sort of resources that were culminated here on earth that was needed through humans for this these other dimensional type beings, it can be almost the same thing in play here as well. So before we can sit there and understand how to escape this matrix, we have to understand the cycles that are even keeping us within it. Bingo. While we're still here, after we part from our, our whatever our physical death is as well and stuff, that's that's the main key to understand. And uh, another thing which I think was uh, you know uh, pretty pretty interesting that's been an ancient topic. Um, when it comes to Saturn and a lot of the symbolism that we see and stuff like that. Um, it's, there's a lot of speculation on the sun today versus the sun we once knew, that, that, that our ancestors and the ancients once knew. Um, and that's where Saturn comes into play because it could be seen as the old sun 
or the dark or black sun. Um, and there's a lot of organizations that have been um, created around, around that through ancient times and it's been passed, passed throughout time as well. This is why, you know, we see which these things are rep- misrepresented all the time is there's uh, these statues or representations of Black Osiris and the Black Madonna, Black Kali as well, which people, you know, also misinterpret it and try to go into this root race type of thing where that's not necessarily what the case may be when you look at it from the metaphysical standpoint. It goes back to the whole thing I was saying of, of about this 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 dark energy. When I say dark, I don't mean negative. It's just almost like this emanation point of of all things. It, it, imagine once again, you need that what space, you know, science has said that it's some sort of thing, dark matter, maybe uh, that basically that space is not empty. Okay, whatever that may be, though, then that means that that is an emanation of its own. That is a frequency and a vibration of its own that's everything else of these other refractions of light as well. So it's said that there's uh, there was a, an enormous uh, like mass ejection. Um, out of Saturn, maybe Saturn being uh, once a primal star like um, like our sun now, um, and it formed a luminous crescent. And then when viewed from Earth and the rotation on its axis or whatever it may be, that it would seem it would it would seem to move and and this emanation would start to actually here I have an actual picture of it so we can get Perfect. a better representation of it. Um, where are you? Uh, okay, here it is. Let me just share the screen. Okay. So it would have looked something like this, right? Where, and, and it's, it's amazing because what does that look like? You know, you have this max ejection of of this luminous type looking thing. And this is where we can also possibly be like, well, is this where that ancient symbol of the sun inside the crescent moon, is that where it could have came from? Um, and and you have the, the horned goddess with the sun disc in the center of it. Um, this was revered as something, you know, through multiple different, the Babylonians as well, through Egyptian culture. Um, even the Norse cultures as well, that there's a lot of representations of this of this kind of symbol of the sun and the crescent moon disk. And like we said, uh, it's like Saturn has to do with agriculture. A lot of times what we've learned from that symbolism is constantly this fertility symbol that's that's been that, that's been planted of this um, uh, you know, that it's always like almost more of a feminine aspect, but it also has to do with the, the the horned bull god, which once again, that's also fertility, which would come back to being Baphomet, which would come back to being Saturnian as well. Um, so there is this respective um, worship to this type of anomaly that has occurred and has been passed throughout time of being uh, something to to really pay attention to, especially with its its own uh, respect to understanding the seasons you know when there is also it's almost like a mile marker for through the seasons to understand once again sustainability of life the structure of life the agriculture in order to sustain this life 
and to be able to feed and, 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 and knowing that you'll be able to be okay during those winter months, the winter solstice, the Capricornian months, which is so much in line with that, even when it comes to understanding the pagan, uh, the, the, the pagan celebrations of Saturnalia and how that come about through the, the, the Norse cultures um, and how that pagan worship went into uh, even uh, the, Roman, the Roman times and where that gets transformed along that timeline into modern day Christmas. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to hear as well that that maybe are are more religious. And I mean, I, me and you both have grown up with that way, but it's not so it's not so you know hard to 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 see this when you know the facts and when you open yourself to understanding those things. Um, and it's like, okay, well then, why do we need to understand um, all these different symbolisms of Saturn and uh, why do we have to uh, take in consideration uh, that many different types of sects or societies or religions and stuff? Why have they, you know, why do we have to, why do we have to know that? Well, I think for my understanding to be is that understanding this can really see how we have one structured our whole society based off of certain thoughts and beliefs um, not only that of, of the occurrence of, of certain things in nature um, that we've started recognizing from early on different forces, different cycles. Once again, we've always paid attention to cycles. We've always paid attention to what corresponds with what during a lot of these cycles and when to grow, when to plant, when to, you know, yeah. when to harvest, when to do these things, what to prepare for. Yes, exactly. And therefore, there is an energetic importance. There is an energetic representation of that. And we can see it on the, on the macro scale. But then what is because if once again, even you want to think Baphomet as above, so below, you know, as within, so without, you have to take that same correlation and understand the same way that they were using this magic to understand these certain things and yeah who knows what level that they take it on and there's a lot of dark aspects to it you know this saturn also can deal with the whole fact of uh, uh of going back to even the um the black cube in islam you know of of that's the thing with judaism when you really go back to the roots of it it is saturn moon worship that's why you have saturn day saturday it's the sabbath you know, yep. whereas the Christians, they revered their worship to be through the sun, the son of God, the sun God, Sunday, Jupiter, Zeus. That was more of their whole triumphant of it. And it comes through where there's this mixture of trying to adapt and get people on almost the same page when it comes to the Hellenistic and, and the Roman times as well of trying to persuade the already the beliefs of people through their pagan origins and everything else into divert into converting them into into the christian origins as well and a lot of it and a lot of it probably was known of what it actually meant but it was misused misrepresented um you know taught around the wrong way and then once again it's that snowball effect of 
just allowing this white lie to culminate to something else. And therefore, there's just darker agendas that have to come into play now to maintain this spell. Yes, to maintain it. (laughs) And that's where people get real visceral about, oh, well, the secret societies and the Black Sun, it even goes back to Nazism and the Rothschilds. Rothschilds used to be the Bowers and they changed their name to Rothschilds, which would be the Red Seal. And it, it, you know, that's what it really, you know, comes down to being called Rothschild is the Red Seal. Um, and Saturn is known as black and red. That's why you have the judges uh, uh, that are in black robes. You have the, the, the papacy. They have red and black in a lot of their stuff as well. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm like spitting off a few things, but there's so there's so much that really comes down to an understanding, even the symbolism of Saturn. But I'll leave it at that for right now. <laughs> I feel like, OK, I really want to get into the Saturn moon matrix, but hint, hint, nudge, nudge people. That's going to be a part three that we're yeah. doing, like because there's there, that's a whole other can of worms. And I really want to touch on that because I have a personal experience with that. But with respect to time and you know the good and bad high low road of saturn i wanted to go a little bit into what we were sort of talking about with farmer's almanac and the cycles of the sun and the moon and how we rely on these cycles for our own vitality and growth and the truth of the matter is no matter what reality you live in we're functioning under the frequencies and the vibrations of the sun and the moon and their cycles, no matter what timeline you use. So going back to the the idea that Saturn's gravitational pull is keeping us locked into this Earth, there is more to be said about the connection with the moon in Saturn, but the moon is also locked in the gravitational pull of Saturn, and this is why it acts like a satellite around our Earth, locked into the firmament. Mm -hmm. And the moon we all know is very much connected to uh, our waters. It's connected to our hormones. For women, we are all synced up to the lunar cycle because it's connected to our waters. Our water is connected to our womb space, the sacral chakra, one of our primal energy centers where we hold emotion. And many of us hold in a lot of emotion, a lot of dense emotions that keep us here. And the thing is, it's not a bad thing to be living here because when we're living in this 3D physical world, like I said, we need the sun and the moon to function, grow our crop, to understand when to plant our seeds, when to harvest everything, when things come to life, and when they end. It's the cycle of life, right? The cycle of life. Animals hibernate at a specific time. Now, the astrological calendar as we know it, This is where things get really interesting because we've had this discussion before about tropical and true sidereal timelines. And these in themselves are different dimensions. The tropical timelines have been following the pagan solstices and celebrations for as long as we know in humanity for the last 2000 years. And it's because when tropical astrology was first indoctrinated and created, um, it was essentially scholars, philosophers at the time that were like, hmm, We're going to keep everything organized. We're going to fix the seasons to the exact same time every single year. You know, even though the sun has wobbled 
quite a bit. Same thing with the constellations and the Earth over the last 2,000 years. We still go on the basis that the day that the sun enters Aries is the same day that spring begins, March 21st, every single year. It's the astrological new year. It's how we function with the farmer's almanac. Yeah, okay, cool. But when you consider everything that we just finished sharing about Saturnalia, about these more satanic, dense influences that our world has been blindly ruled by for the last couple hundred years especially. Obviously, there were the Crusades. Catholicism became one of the most dominant religions all around the world. Of course, Saturn took over the world, the spell. And so with that came our own cycles of life. Again, women, periods, thousand percent. That's a whole other thing. But what's really fascinating is that, oh, this is a good quote. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> but the moon, I want to touch upon the moon because I want to touch upon the satanic aspect of it. And there's this perception right now that, especially in new age, that the moon is this divine feminine energy, you know, yin and yang, light and dark, uh, sun and moon, integrating all of these things. And for women, especially with the rise of a more leftist ideology, the rise of, you know, feminism, the rise of all these different things, you know, women are beginning to come together and, you know, practice moon rituals, moon ceremonies. You know, they're reclaiming, you know, their love for their periods and they're, you know, bleeding and, you know, collecting their blood, you know, feeding their plants on the same days as full moons and new moons and coming together and, you know, worshiping all these beautiful goddesses and whatnot. So before I came to the realization of what actually happens during these situations, I used to participate in moon ceremonies and moon mm -hmm. ritual. And I used to follow the cycles of the moon for manifestation. I used to follow the cycles of the moon thinking that they were helping me and they were helping me tap into my divine feminine energy. Meanwhile, my life was completely in shambles as I'm following this ideology. And I had never felt so many psychic attacks come into my awareness <laughs> from when I was practicing these moon rituals. And the thing is, is that the moon, as I mentioned, it's controlling our waters, it's controlling our hormones. The moon, even when we look at the root words that are connected to the moon, lunacy, yeah. There's nothing positive associated with lunacy. In fact, it's a fact that, you know, ERs and, you know, mental health hospitals are at an all-time high during any full moon. And that's a fact. And most people don't think that there's anything wrong with that. They just think, oh, it's a natural phenomenon. Okay. Well, the moon, especially with what you demonstrated earlier with the Saturnian influence, the moon with what I demonstrated and talked about with the gravitational pull locking the moon into the firmament. Don't you think that there's something fishy with that? The fact that we're all locked into this density and not only that, the moon itself being so connected to baphomet, so connected to these darker aspects and distorted aspects of feminine energy, what's happening underneath it all <laughs> is pretty, pretty, pretty dark. And this is where sacrifice comes into play. At the same time that we are feeding into these, you know, these cycles that we think are of life and abundance and fertility and manifestation and magic and, 
you know, sexuality and liberation, it's really feeding into these underground cycles, these underground systems that are using the blood and the fear and all of these, all of this loosh that is being collected from all of us during these times, especially when we're worshiping different gods and goddesses and making altars for these gods and goddesses. And let me just tell you, nothing that is good, if they are a spirit that comes from Christ, would ever ask you for a material possession. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When you, you know what I mean? So when you're setting up an altar and you're sitting and referring to statues or gods or goddesses, we all know that all these gods and goddesses and physical creations are all made in the image of the creator. And so why are we worshiping anything other than that? And why are we giving physical things that don't really matter when you surpass the limitations of Saturn? Most people don't think twice about this. They think they're honoring their ancestors, which maybe they are consciously just honoring their ancestors. But going a little bit deeper, this is the same stuff we see in in the media when we see, you know, like pictures or visuals or scenes in movies of, you know, cults coming together and doing some kind of dark satanic sacrifice. They have altars too. It's no different than what they are doing underground, sacrificing innocent people for power, for immortality, for control. Mm-hmm. And this is the really, really, really red, like hard red pill that even I still have a hard time swallowing because so many women, especially, have no idea that they are blindly, blindly, blindly walking into a very distorted aspect of true, what true femininity is. And not only that, but they're feeding into a very dark system, which has been keeping them in their control unconsciously for way longer than they even want to know. More on that in another episode, but it's, um, especially when you get into like the Black Cube and we start getting into more cultural references with them and different religious connections with the moon. Um, It's really hard to not turn a blind eye to it once you see it. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy that you said that that whole thing of, you know, would God or Christ, you know, do you really think in order to worship him in some sort of way, do you really think he would want to do all this revelry and uh, uh, orgies and uh, just being being lewd, sacrificing as well? There was actually a Puritan reverend when that whole Saturnalia, because the Saturnalia culture came over even to the United States where there were some people that still wanted to practice that, but with the Quaker and Puritan movement, um, I forget the reverend's name, but it was like Wooly or something like that. Um, he actually said that. He actually said about the whole fact of being like, you know, in, in what way? And that's where we get the whole changing of of changing of the guard, basically, of this type of representation and the law of celebrating Christmas and the Yule Tides, which that goes all the way back to Saturn as as well. Um, but I think something to to mention as well, it's like, you know, with these parallels, um, is the 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 whole point 
is understanding how Saturn, once again, is that gateway. You know what I mean? In alchemy, Saturn would be represented by lead. You know, it's the prima, prima materia. That's that primal material. Um, and it's the densities, like we've said, the heavy metals as well. It's the culmination of the physical reality. That's why it's, you know, it's the carbon man. That's where, you know, 666 comes from, which is often misrepresented as well. It's the six protons, electrons, neutrons, and it's the, the atomic makeup of physical things in our world. Um, and that's also led back to the magic square of Saturn, which yeah. is... People don't know. I will show it here. The satellite base for mind control, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. So fun. It's also a stargate, guys. It's also a yes. stargate to, of course, the seventh stargate, seventh chakra, seventh planet. Mm -hmm. There's Once a again, lot when it comes to the stargates that is in reference to Saturn. Has a lot of a lot of big big parallels when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, well, we could see this image and be like, well, what does that mean? Well, once again, um, Saturn in numerology equals eight, and there are divine names that have been given since ancient times, um, to the planets, especially the ones more revered as gods. Um, so the divine names associated with Saturn all have a new value of three, nine, and 15. And the name of the intelligence of Saturn uh, in the spirit of Saturn has a value of 45. Uh, these values are calculated by writing out the names in Hebrew, then adding up the value of each included letter um, uh, as each Hebrew letter uh, and letters represent both sound and a numerical value. Uh, why is that important? Because sound is vibration. Vibration coming together with the culmination of this prima materia creates form of structures of Saturnian things, its form, its physical reality. Um, so therefore, now in numerology, you always add, if you have a double digit, you add the two numbers together. So no matter which way you go with this, you could go up, down, diagonal, across, whatever it may be, you'll always Forms get... Forms up to six. Yes. Well, and then you get one plus six, five is six. six. Yes. Yep, exactly. So you get six, 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 once again. Um, and then even when you draw a line... To the patterns of this, you get the sigil of Saturn. When you go into one to two to three, uh, you get the sigil of Saturn, which would be I'm trying to find a better way to be able to quickly show these, but here we go. Which the sigil of Saturn would be right here, this, and, and it's, it's the used, symbol of Satanism, of course. Yeah, Luciferianism. Yeah. It's the seal in Freemasonry as well. It's the star, star of Moloch, the star of David. You know what I'm saying? So why do all these societies create this heavy importance on understanding this? So there obviously is a, an emanation. Once again, it's the, it's once again, it brings back the validity of astrology of like, I like how you're saying it. It's like they're satellites. They're, they're, they're these reference points of, of of the emanation of light, whatever it may be, these frequencies that come into play when it comes to in our physical world or our subconscious minds, overall energy of 
all things manifested and unmanifested. So there is a power to be understood by, uh, there is a power to be had by understanding these things. Now, whether they can interpret into the dark art or not, you know, that's also up to the individuals that practice this. Um, and that's the thing to understand. Now, what does this mean? Do you just go and, you know, oh, well, I want to learn black magic. There's so many people that want to go and learn black magic, white magic, white. all these things. And it's like, you're doing certain things. This is one thing that, that kind of gets me a little bit. It's like, you're trying to go through all these things, but if you don't understand the full context of what it is that is all of this stuff, if you're not really getting it, and I love you, there's a great person who kind of goes into this, Savan Bomar of uh, Understanding. Um, he even says too that it's like, you don't know what you're invoking. You don't also know. And it's not that they're all, you know, there's, there's, there's the demons, the demons, the, you know, the diamonds, you know, under, under certain pressure. And we, you know, we value diamonds, don't we? It's whether, whether that may be, that could also be the lower mind, the higher mind, the feminine side of the mind, the masculine, the logical, the, um, the, the creative, the spiritual side of the mind. We could be invoking things and we already do on a normal basis without knowing it, but we could be invoking things that maybe we don't necessarily want to invoke or having excess of, and therefore who knows which, with us not being fully aware of the dimensions and the realities of this matrix and outside of it and stuff, we don't know exactly what we're calling in, what we're bringing in, what we're manifesting. Yes. And it's not always yes. just a physical manifestation. It could be emotional manifestations as well. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about rituals and altars mm. and, you know, working with other guides and spirits that are not directly Christ. And I've had direct experiences when I didn't know any better, where I have had entities come into my vibrational field, make me sick. And I've done things that I now know were not me doing that consciously. And it was when I was practicing the most moon rituals, daily practices, things like that. And I actually want to go back to one of the sigils you showed um, from Thelema, Alistair Crowley. I need to talk about this because I know there are a lot of people that come from the New Age listening to this that love Alistair Crowley. I used to think he was the bee's knees before I knew mm. anybody. And this is where the term magic with a K really started to become popular. My business name became Michael Magic back in 2020 before I really had my awakening in 2021. And I was convinced that I was this modern mystic. Oh, yeah, I'm helping people, you know, tap back into their cyclical nature, understand it, um, using magic, using the lunar timelines. Oh, yeah, let's, let's start living this magical life. And again, as I was working in this mind frame and working with these entities, not realizing I was working with entities, not realizing I was also working with multiple different timelines I didn't fully understand, what happened was I got really sick. Um, and there, I was, when I, when, I, when I say that I was doing things that were not me, I mean there were thoughts and, and feelings and scripts and actions that I was exploring that 
were never really um, in my vibrational field. And the thing is, I always, 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 anytime that I would get really, really in a place of darkness, I remember in 2020, I, I here's a little bit of a story too. I got my Reiki master's attunement during a lunar eclipse in 2020. Hmm. A week later, I had pretty much a manic breakdown. And online, I went on my Instagram and I publicly like claimed that I was a witch and that I was, you know, this, this mystical woman and that I, you know, was going away from God and that I was, you know, unleashing the veils of, you know, patriarchy in the church and, you know, I'm breaking free from tradition. And I remember that day I had phone calls from my aunts, uh, my, my, like, my godmother, like cousins that I hadn't spoken to in a long time, all who were, I never realized at the time, extremely aware of what was going on. And they literally were like, we're praying for you. Like, we are praying for you. And at the time I was like, oh, I don't need your prayers. Please go back to church. Not really thinking that it wasn't about church. It was about bringing me back home to the creator. Mm -hmm. And so as I began to come into the awareness in 2021, literally big fat breakdown, it was honestly the most intense purge I've ever experienced because when I started realizing that I was literally playing with demons, entities, mm -hmm. beings that I didn't even realize were dark, soulless entities, it was like the more that I began to narrow my path and get rid of the tools that kept bringing me back into that darkness, it's like I was going through withdrawal. Like you're an addict and then you're going through withdrawal. And the first thing that I stopped practicing because of this was tarot. And again, take it or leave it, tarot will keep you just as trapped in these cycles as anything else that we're talking about here. And I stopped reading tarot actually almost exactly a year ago. I haven't touched my tarot deck. And since I stopped reading tarot, I swear, I kept on having things bringing me back to it or like literally someone would buy me a deck. Like, oh, I thought of you. And it's like, oh, okay, here it is. Or I would literally just see a card randomly pop up like under my pillow and it's like, what the heck are you doing here? Like the devil. Like, I'm not kidding. Things like that started wow. happening. But from one year of me stopping, my tarot practice, from one year of me beginning to study true sidereal timelines and beginning to specifically work with the creator, my life has taken a one. And I, this is my testimony a year later that there is something really and dangerous happening in different timelines and dimensions that we don't necessarily see or understand, but they're happening. And this is not to create fear. It's to create awareness of the practices and the lifestyles that you are choosing. And there is so much false light out there. Mm -hmm. And it comes in the form of shiny materialism, fame, Hollywood, comes in the form of, you know, beautiful moon rituals. You know, yeah. let's worship this law body. of attraction thing. Law of attraction. It's all a trap mm -hmm. for your soul. And when you realize that, and the biggest trap there is, is the church. The Catholic church has completely distorted the true essence of the creator, of who God really is. Mm -hmm. 
And it's been the most difficult thing to try to explain to people because a lot of people are still so indoctrinated by the fear of the church. God is fear. God is not love. God is, God is judgment. God is limitation. Yeah. God is rules. And it's the Saturnian view of God that I once ran far away from as well. Mm-hmm. And it has been the biggest perspective shift and life changer beginning to remove myself from that and slowly but surely remember who I really am apart from this mm-hmm. firmament we're living within. Um, one other cultural reference I want to make, uh, predictive programming, The Truman Show with Jim Perry. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect movie to watch if you want to understand a little bit more of what we're talking about because ultimately you'll see by the end of the movie that Truman is literally living in a firmament. Yeah. And like, basically, you know, when you shake up a snow globe and, mm-hmm. you know, you have this whole little world in the snow globe, but then there's this firmament. That's, yeah. that's what that show is, that movie is all about. And that is scary to think because it kind of is the reality we're living within as well. Yeah. And I'll leave that there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that. This is what it goes back to the overall message constantly on this podcast. That's been even since the beginning is that whole speculation thing. It's like we're so so many people are so quick to jump and identify with specific timelines and identify with specific types of uh, deities or, you know, whatever it may be practices, divination tools and stuff like that. But it all goes back to putting the power outside of yourself. And, and, and that is the ultimate enlightenment point within our own consciousness is to understand that it's not outside ourselves, that it is from within. But once again, that is, um, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And once again, that's how you could see how, what's responsibility, what's discipline. Once again, that would be Saturn. So therefore we're so quick to judge things as good or bad, evil, you know, whatever it may be, but we don't understand truly the context of things. Um, not only that, the etymology behind a lot of the root words, like you said before, you know, words are spelling, you're casting spells. Um, and the English language also has been a major distortion of <laughs> big, big time. You know, this is why we have to go back. And when we look at even the, our Bibles and the different translations of certain words, whatever it may be, so much is taken out of the mysticism of the true mysticism and distorted into whoever is the victor in that moment or the writer of it that wants a certain message uh, conveyed and stuff. It's it's changed into that favor. And therefore, the indoctrination is, it is very real. You got different sides of of different communities, whether it's globe versus flat earth, it's, which is this or whatever. And there's fault to be had on all on both sides. It's the same thing with politics and all of this different types of agendas that are going on. It's we don't know how to come into our own and come into ourselves and learn how to separate from this identification factor of constantly be part of some group because why you don't have a foundation you don't have a foundation within your own soul being your own sovereignty to sit there and be like i don't need to identify with those things i also don't need to get visceral when someone doesn't understand 
where I'm coming from. Because my point of coming from is I'm connected back to, I'm, I'm finding my way back to that connection to unity consciousness, to the overall, overall creator as well. I'm not, I'm not going to be juxtaposed into believing that it's just some sort of guy in the sky with a beard and this or whatever and stuff. Because why? Because now I understand that there's a lot of the depictions and um, another thing too is uh, this is this is a little off topic, but it goes back to the indoctrination thing. You could even to think about how Universal Studios, right? Since they were around in the 20s and 30s and stuff in, in their in their creation as well, when first pictures, motion pictures were coming out. And you know, we all know the universal sign, it's the globe and it's going around and stuff and spinning and shit. They had that back then, before we even had telescopes that went to space to even observe Earth and like that. Part of the indoctrination is right there as well. Like it's just showing you. That it's like these powers that be, not to mention the whole connection between NASA and Werner von Braun, who was a Nazi scientist, and all of them, how they they came over to the United States. Like, and what does this mean? We all have to raise up in arms and be like, everything's a lie, everything's a conspiracy. No, because no matter what, you're putting your energy back in. You know, we've had we've had discussions, me and Ray, on on this uh, earlier episodes and stuff like that talking about pendulums and um uh with egregores right and and putting in and these um talismans and stuff basically putting putting your energy into those things and you could always go back to that to understand how that is that you're putting your energy into it where rather you need to be putting your attention and your sovereignty and being like okay the illusion that i live in is this dual world that everything is dualistic where that has a realistic aspect to it but in all reality, in overall hierarchy of consciousness, it's all unison. And that is the type of resonance. That's the type of frequency I'm trying to get back into. And it's not going to come from finding it so necessarily outside of yourselves and doing some sort of practice. Like, you know, it, there's practices for things like that as well, but it has to come back from within yourself of understanding the kingdom of heaven is within you understanding that you are the temple you are you know you going and doing all these outside things should just be an extra added bonus yes really in actuality that's what it should be it's um, so funny too yeah. because our society has taught us that power is outside of ourselves and mm -hmm. this is why so many people rely on religion they rely on going to church and you know talking to their priest and for god to yep. you know give them everything they need because they can't do it themselves and they devote their entire lives, you know, to a specific ideology of what God really is. And it's, it's how, but that's what my experience was growing up as a Catholic with my family that was very religious. It always taught me not to empower myself, but to rely on other people to give you power, to give you affirmation. And that's part of their own generational cycles too. And for the longest time I was caught in that. And I'm sure you can understand in your own experiences, all of the programming and, you know, all of the influences from the media and different, you know, conversations where, you know, we rely on other people's approval or, you know, a magazine or a billboard to tell us what we should look like or how we should act or what we should, you know, learn and explore what's cool, what's not. And so, so many things constantly, every single day, take our power from us. Whole other perspective. Caffeine, 
addiction. People yeah. give their power away to substances all the time. I love my coffee. Once mm -hmm. upon a time, coffee used to completely consume me. And, you know, most people don't realize that these are things that give them power outside of themselves. That, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, each of us have our own experiences and traumas that may take power away from us or just or fragment certain aspects of ourselves. But the really big thing that really bothers me about society, especially right now, is that there is no empowerment of self, no mm -hmm. understanding of your own ability to heal. And of course, support is necessary. This is why we say sometimes it takes a village, but it doesn't matter how many people or how many, you know, coaches or Reiki sessions or, you know, how many times you go to church or whatever that you do or go to. If you are not will, worth like willing to do the work for your own self and empower yourself through those experiences and supports, then you're just keeping yourself yeah. in that click loop. And it's really hard to get out of that and keep finding yourself getting sucked back into it. And so I'm really glad you mentioned, you know, remembering the power within us all. And I want to talk a little bit about a fucus because. A fucus, as we've discussed in previous episodes, is the cycle breaker. And it's the 13th sign of the zodiac that conveniently sits right in between two of the most transformational um, constellations in the ecliptic that we know of. And so ultimately, when we tap into the energy of a fucus and we realize that we all have this wisdom within ourselves, it becomes a lot easier to remember oh yeah, I do have the ability to empower myself, to become, you know, embodied in my fullest potential so that I no longer get caught in cycles. Of course, it takes time, it takes experience, it takes practice. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. But it's the awareness that, yes, that remembrance that, yes, there is power that lives inside of me. How do you think we continuously keep healing? That's homeostasis. You know, you fall, you scrape your knee. Your body is brilliant and helps you to repair with white blood cells and clotting. You know, you go through a breakup, your heart gets broken, but you have the ability to heal within yourself so that you have the power to come back to who you are again. We all have that ability within ourselves and society has tried to strip us away from that and keep us in the cycle. And it was the worst when I was a social worker. And I was having to work with adults, youth. And, you know, that was when I realized, even before I began my journey, that there was something seriously wrong with the system. And, you know, I hope that now, at this point in our lives, where we're having these discussions that, you know, some seeds are planted, that the generations to come understand that, you know, there is a better way of doing this other than keeping people stuck. So many people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. And why is that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like that, the, the, you know, the power, the, that power within a lot of the time is, is um, accessed and opened up through, through this self regenerating property of being yeah. able to heal. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be physical wounds, but there needs to be the inner healing as well. And maybe, maybe times, listen, you could have had practically almost what you would think is a perfect life. Doesn't mean that there's no aspects within that, that there needs to be some sort of e uh, of healing, whether it's the, some healing of the ego or something, whatever it may be. Um, that's 
possibly the thing that's going to unlock that. And a lot of people, like you said before, it's like no true essence of like talking about of this empowerment. There's a false, I think there's an illusion of a lot of different uh, groups that are trying to focus on self-empowerment, whether it's empowerment of, you know, your gender or empowerment of, you know, race, whatever it may be. And I say there's an illusion behind that because it's, it becomes very universal. It becomes almost like, <laughs> and this may be a little radical and extreme, but I think of it as how do most uh, terrorist organizations recruit people? They find people who are at their worst, have no belonging, have little to no foundation or love or are just scared or angry, and they grab them, indoctrinate them into believing in the cause as well. I think there's a lot of people that find themselves in this uh, dark night of the soul area of their life. And a lot of times these people see um, stories or you know, hearing accounts of specific people within certain groups and right away identifying with those things. And yes, there may be a lot of attributes that you identify with that are very similar, but before they can actually process their own emotions, they go right away and latch onto that group. And therefore now they have the consciousness and the mind of that group and allow everything that that group is saying or portraying or whatever it may be, they're allowing that and taking it as their own and therefore just fueling whatever's inside them, believing that it's some sort of self-empowerment because they identify with this group rather than understanding of their own self, what their own emotions are or whatever. And that's the other dangerous thing is identifying with specific emotions and allowing those to dictate you. Um, because once again, it'll snowball into some sort of lower chakra type thing, whether it's fear, anger, or control or power or something like that, or some sort of revenge that you want to get that you feel there's an injustice and very may, there very may well be injustices, but are you really coming from a compassionate standpoint in that space? Are you really coming from a place of wanting to actually heal the inner self in order to make some sort of empower, change to empower yourself and to make change in the outer world outside of yourself? Or are you just trying to go right away, but like, yeah, this is this and this, I identify with this. And you know what? Together, we're going to change this aspect of the world. But we're not, fuck it. We're not going to change ourselves. We're not going to deal with our own problems and stuff. We're just going to make society conform to our own problematic issues. Yes. And that is a huge problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, there are so many different things I could say mm -hmm. on that, but it's become so much more obvious in the last couple of years. Yeah. That when you see it, it's hard to unsee, but it's also a matter of experience. Mm -hmm. Because until you experience it yourself, it becomes, it's really hard to understand. Mm -hmm. um, and I think and it takes away from legitimate, legitimacy of a lot of people who can be identified in certain areas with, you know, other people that relate to whatever issues may be. Um, I, I think it sucks because they can get those people that maybe are going through the processing part 
um, of, of understanding the inner work that they have to do, um, but also sympathizing with the groups uh, as well. They have a tendency maybe that all of a sudden, because, you know, they're brave enough to be like, hey, this is me and this is something I'm dealing with or whatever and stuff. And I do identify with this certain things, but I'm my own person and I'm figuring it out and working through it and stuff like that. And then you have other outside people that have their own connotation and, and, and thoughts and opinions and views of maybe said group. And right away, they may have a visceral reaction to those thought constructs, those ideas. And that person who actually is doing the inner work, but just relates to certain things, they might get flack from that person thinking like, oh, you know, yeah, but you're part of this group, whatever, and you're this and stuff like that. So therefore, I'm going to I'm going to come at you. And then right away, that's another thing for that individual to work with, to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with the group now because I'm tired of dealing with this shit. And you know, it's, it's, it's a real testing and trying of your own internal discipline on whether to get visceral or not. And this, you're right. This is what we're seeing throughout all sides of society and stuff. And I think that also coincides with the whole fall of societies that we've seen constantly throughout, throughout time, whether it's the Romans, the Egyptians, the Greek, the Sumerians, the Babylonians, there's yeah. always this point where it's a, a a confusion throughout society of what we identify with and just just the overall structure falling apart. And yeah. once again, it comes back into Saturn. And we can look at this as like all hell breaking loose type of time, which, yeah, may very well seem like that and be like that. But we have to come into the understanding that what is what does it come when it comes to Saturn and when it comes to time and these cycles? It's making way. You, it's a necessary process to make way for something new and more stable that's going to be sustainable. Absolutely. Couldn't have yeah. said it better myself. Wrap that up like a nice little bow. And it's, <laughs> it's true. It's 1000% true. And it's, it's so good that we had this conversation because, you know, bringing it all back to like a point, if we can wrap this all up, it's so important to understand that no matter where you go in your self-discovery journey or in your healing journey or in your, you know, learning about the history of the world journey, we're still here. And we're here and we need to understand the duality of all aspects of being here, high road and low road. And that includes how we choose to empower ourselves and how we choose to navigate the cycles of our life that we live within. And at the end of the day, we need to remember that, and I think I said this the last episode, that the only person who can really diminish you is yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's remembering that it all comes back to you and your free will and your ability to know in your own soul, to be able to connect with the Holy Spirit and know your divine truth. And at the end of the day, it's a layered process and it's a practice to come into awareness of what grounds you in your beliefs. And ultimately, you know, so many people, yes, they are very much stuck in this cycle. There's a lot of fear about breaking the cycle. There's a lot of fear about whether a cycle even exists. And ultimately, we're at a point in history where we're at another critical cyclic aspect where the same kind of aspects we're working with right now in astrology are similar to the actual role in 
the fall of the Roman Empire. So we're seeing a changing of the times. We're seeing a breakdown of society as we know it. And we're alive to literally witness it and see it go down. And it's never been more interesting to look at, you know, different biblical accounts of what has happened through the lens of, of the story of Jesus, um, the Old Testament and the New Testament, but even to look at different perspectives of different teachers. Um, but ultimately, we're here for a reason, to learn about these cycles and learn how we can break the cycles and become more harmonious with who we really are. And so whether you choose to, you know, continue working with the blue pill aspect of Saturn or start integrating the red pill, I don't suggest you start integrating the red pill until you work with the blue pill. Um, and it helps starting here because I'll tell you right now, I remember going down rabbit holes before I was ready for it. And like I said, it caused a lot of instability in my life, a lot of uncertainty. Um, and so I suggest you all sit with this information, really allow your inner mind, your inner standing to discern everything we have chatted about, because we're, there's still more to go. There's so much more to unpack here. And there's so much more about history to, you know, explain and explore and dissect. But ultimately, it comes down to you and your ability to understand what you want to take from this. Absolutely. Beautifully said. That's right. It's the way that this, just like you said, and then that's going to be the way of surviving the shifting of the ages, whether it's surviving it physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, this shift in consciousness is... You can understand and go into understanding all of those, you know, occurrences that already happened, whether it's the biblical accounts, ancient account, whatever it may be, religious accounts, you know, the esoteric, the occult, whatever it may be, can understand. But that needs to come in when you have a grounded, stable foundation within yourself. So that is the most important thing to do first. And be able to fill that space with some sort of love and compassion uh, because all the other accounts and information that's going to come in is going to give you some sort of reaction uh, a lot of the times because that is our nature and that's okay. But it's not okay to wander off and not have that sustainable uh, foundation within yourself. So I love the way you said that. That's perfectly, perfectly the best way to uh, getting to the red pill eventually and wrapping this up. So... Yeah. Um, once again, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, remember, uh, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Be sure to like this video. Get it out to everybody as well. Um, Amanda, tell them where they can find your content and what you're doing. Yes, yes. So I can be found on Instagram. You can find me at Mindful Magic Method. Yes, still magic with a K. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can also check out my website, mindfulmagicmethod.com. Um, and the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be announcing finally the announce uh the launch of my ebook series and courses, which will teach all about the basics of how to use intuitive astrology for self-awareness and for your self-care. Um, I am going to be teaching from the tropical perspectives uh with this with these offerings here because they're gonna act almost like a prerequisite for my future evolution of my work, um, which I'm really excited to spend some time diving deeper into. Um, but yes, I would love to answer any questions if anyone has any. Same thing here with Geo. And also for any of you listeners, comment below if you've had some experiences in your life, in your 
in your families or even in your spiritual path. And if what we say resonates with you, strikes a chord. Um, the next time we come on here and talk, we're going to continue talking about Saturn, but we're going to get a segue into uh, the moon and more so of different aspects of distorted elements of astrology. Um, and we'll eventually get to the outer planets as well, talking about yeah. Earth, more Neptune and Pluto, because that's something we've been talking about for a while. We'll get yes. there. It'll help. It'll help with that. Um that uh call to action basically that we said of of the inner work that inner foundation with the conscious and the subconscious mind as well uh so yeah absolutely be sure to do that hit up the comment section and um amanda thank you again love your insight all the time it's always a pleasure um, always happy to be here this is yeah. so much fun you know absolutely we'll keep going so until next time everyone 